0: i am jeremy dean qc i have been practicing as a criminal defense barrister since 1983. this series of podcasts spotlights the criminal justice process a cornerstone of our free and democratic society i will also be looking at the effects of coronavirus upon the criminal justice system i will be speaking to prisoners prisoners relatives campaigners lawyers and others together We will take a global look at the criminal justice process under the scourge of coronavirus and generally this is criminal justice on trial i'm extremely pleased today to welcome tom robson who is a former prison officer and indeed a former chair of the prison officers association tom thank you very much indeed for giving up the time speak to me.
1: No, it's a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Can I ask you first of all please just to tell us a bit about your your background because I think professionally you didn't start life as a as a prison officer is that right?
1: I don't think anyone actually does. I I come from an engineering background um, and I I sort of reached a a bit of a crossroads in my life decided to do something a bit different and I was looking at public service Uh, The advertisement for the prison service was doing the rounds at the time, 1976, 1977. Uh, I applied for the police service, the fire service and the prison service. And it was the prison service that responded quickest. I'd never met a prison officer in my life up until uh, I joined the service.
0: So so had the um, ambulance service come back first, or indeed the fire service, Maybe that you'd never have entered the prison service at all.
1: Yes, that might have been so. Um, I, I was looking at, I knew a little bit about the fire service and about the ambulance and the police because I knew people that were involved, but I'd never, ever uh, came across a prison officer or re- thought very much about the job at all. So you... saw the advertisement and it, it, it sort of caught my attention.
0: And just jumping ahead, you you told us that you started um, out as prison officer in 1976. How many years were you in fact a prison officer?
1: I was a prison officer for 36 years before I I retired. I did did 20 years working on the landings face to face with prisoners. And then I, I did a further 16 years at national level with the Prison Officers Association. I reached, by the way, national vice chairman Um, of of that association uh, before I I retired.
0: Right. And and in terms of your role as National Vice Chairman of the Prison Prison Officers Association was that essentially an administrative role? I mean just tell us what that involved.
1: No, it was a negotiation role um, dealing with all aspects of prison life dealing with the Prisons Board and indeed with the Home Secretary and uh, trying to make prisons a better place, trying to make prisons a safer place for prison officers. The Prison Officers Association is a a trade union and I was playing an active role within that uh, regarding industrial relations.
0: How many prisons did you work in?
1: I worked in two different prisons as a prison officer. I started life um, in a borstal in actual fact, now defunct, and uh, very much Learned my trade in a borsal, working with young people between the ages of 15 and 21 years old. Um, we, we had the good, the bad and the ugly, if you like, in there to look after. A lot of people were there, there, but for the grace of God go high, I might say. Uh, we also had uh, bad lads. Uh, I had a good time working in the borsal. I thought it was a, a good system. One of the reasons why it was so good, it was an indeterminate sentence. The borstal sentence was between six months and two years and very much depended on the behaviour of the young person who was inside those walls. And the prison officer played, by the way, a, a very big role in determining at what stage an inmate was released.
0: So I want to come back to borstal in just a moment. But you you, you started out in a borstal and then... Following that, uh, where were you based?
1: I was based at Preston Prison uh, in Lancashire, which was uh, an adult prison, um, a a Category B prison. Uh, I worked there for many years and and enjoyed life there working with adults as well. Uh, Unfortunately, by the way, a lot of the Borsal Boys who I have met earlier in my life, uh, turned up as a in press. Right,
0: right. Well. can I ask you about Borstal? Because obviously it's now a bygone concept. Um, those of us who grew up in the 60s or 70s will remember the TV um, series Scum, which I've always recalled as being truly shocking and a really quite violent, discriminatory environment. Um, I mean, how does that stand against your real-life experience of Borstall?
1: it's a strange thing about that film scum and, and it's it's not too long ago i came across it on uh, on one of the television channels and i had a, a look at it it reminded me quite a lot of of what went on a lot of the things that were portrayed in that particular piece of film actually did and would have happened in borstles however it would have been over a an exceedingly lengthy period of time I came home from work in a borsal sometimes. Um, my side aching because I've been laughing and smiling and, uh, and having quite a, a jolly time, if you like, with some of the inmates. And then other days I would come home with a bruise or two or, or a cut where I've maybe been rolling around the floor with, with, with inmates too. It was a, an environment where we had to share our lives with the inmates in a very close way. And it, it, it was a good environment. And I actually think that the borstal system did work. We got most people through the system within nine months, certainly.
0: But you've said already that a not insignificant quota of of, of young prisoners um, moved on and you, you met them again in Preston. I mean, yes. just dealing with the general concept of Borstal Young Offenders Institutions... Um, Short sharp shock, that type of debate I mean, in general, if you're able to comment, would you say that incarceration at a young age is is more productive than otherwise or vice versa?
1: I think that the the type of inmates that we were looking after in the boston system they, they weren't new offenders at all they had, they'd had a lengthy a lengthy criminal record before they ever came to us. And I, I actually do think that we, we did some positive things with those young people. When they came through our gates into abortion, it really was their last chance, their last chance to get away from the criminal justice system altogether. And I, I would believe that a significant proportion of those young people did did so. Uh, the others, like I say, went on to be career criminals and I met them again in, in the adult prisons. But I've also came across an odd uh, inmate or ex-inmate while I've been into, uh, into town in Manchester uh, and I've come across people who've came and introduced themselves to me and introduced in fact their wives and children to me. So uh, it wasn't all bad and we did have some good successes.
0: In terms of the prison population generally, and I want to move on now and talk to you about your experiences in Preston. I mean, you must have come across a vast range of individuals. Um, One common factor being that they were all, you know, incarcerated. But is is that right? I mean, did did you encounter people who were in all shapes and sizes who were locked up from time to time?
1: Yeah, I mean, all life is inside prison, and, and it's a, a microcosm, really, of, of outside life. Uh, an interesting um, point that I would always make is that you would see a gang on your street corner. Uh, th- that gang would disappear, and it might disappear because they've been incarcerated in prison, or indeed any other prison. And once they go inside that prison, they then reform as a gang again and, and behave in, in the same way as it would behave in outside so they do need to be very tightly controlled within the prison system.
0: Did you ever come across anyone or any people you you, you you concluded were were irredeemable in other words simply you know had to remain in prison because nothing could be done with them
1: Yes absolutely but I would say that they were in the minority. I think that most people, who came through our gates in, in any of our prison establishments were capable of redemption. I, I think that prison officers uh, working very closely with prisoners uh, did a remarkable job, and do a remarkable job, and and a lot of people have great benefit from the experience of those prison officers and the example that they set. Right. Um... The ones who you, you describe as irredeemable I, I don't think that anyone of this world could uh, could make a difference to them, and quite often we would simply be their guards.
0: And and and, and an irredeemable prisoner is that someone who simply re- refused to respond to instructions or appeared, you know, appeared to show no comprehension of 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 what they had done. Or, I mean, are you able to kind of, you know, give us a bit more insight to? The sort of the sort of prisoner you felt was irredeemable.
1: There are some people that. that, that come into the establishment, the prison establishments. they've done the rounds many, many times before. They will not conform to the law when they're outside of the jail and they don't want to know anything about the rules when they come inside the jail. There are also those who are extremely violent and and need to spend a considerable amount of time behind a, a, a thick door rather than integrate with other prisoners. Uh, there are prison establishments, of course, that look after the most dangerous people uh, who you can possibly imagine, and and those people are looked after again, of course, by prison officers under extreme, under extremely difficult conditions.
0: And it's it's often said of the prison population. I'm sure this is something that you've heard many, many times in the course of your career that um that there are lots of people who are sent to prison who shouldn't be in prison for example prisoners suffering from mental health difficulties do you agree with that 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 there are many thousands of people who are consigned to prison who are not in fact you know suitable to be there
1: yes i do agree with that and 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 it was a significant thing when some of the um some of the issues that came to the fore when we heard the term for the first time, care in the community. Now, the community turned out to be our prison prison establishments. We saw an influx of people coming into the establishments with mental health problems, and prison officers at that particular time had really had little training in dealing with people with mental health issues. Quite often, those people were violent, uh, confused, um and 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 all of those things and we had to try and make sense of those individuals so Uh, with that i was going to say to you as well another big issue coming along at the same time was the drug culture the drug culture took off in a big way both outside and inside of our prison walls
0: but just on the question of mental health issues tom i mean you know, if, you've, if, if in a prison you've got a large number of prisoners who have mental health problems, you shouldn't really be there. I mean, that must make the job of, of prison officers and indeed, to some extent, the, the conditions for other prisons very, very difficult. You know, these f- people who are fish, fish out of water. Is, is that right? I mean, is this a serious, complicating factor?
1: It's a serious, complicating factor because the vulnerable people who come into our establishment with mental health problems are easy prey for some of the uh, the, the gangsters that I've just mentioned earlier that are active inside our prisons. They take an awful lot of, uh, of man-hours and uh, manpower to try and keep under control. It's a, it's a very difficult and, uh, and, and, and easily ignited situation within the prison establishments.
0: And can I ask you I mean you 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 started out as a prisoner officer in 1976 and you served you know for many years before you told us about the second phase of your career but did the the face of the prison population change in other words as society changed as the country became more multiracial as the country modernized I mean did you notice any sort of Difference in, in the makeup of the prison population as the decades unfolded?
1: Not really. The, the, the biggest issue I think that, that changed the face of the prisons was, in fact, the drug culture. Um, the drug culture that led to, um, to dealing both inside and outside of the prison, um, drugs being brought in, very difficult situations regarding searching. Um, lots of money being handed over um, in order to purchase drugs. The culture was rife and it took an awful lot of steadying and down and, and it's still a culture that's rife within the prison today. The culture of knives, of using knives outside uh, in the, in the uh, environment these days, also goes inside the prison and there's an awful lot of violence taking place using bladed weapons and our prison staff need to be protected from that situation. But also the people who are vulnerable inside the prison that you mentioned, such as the people with mental health problems, also need to have protection as well. And it's prison officers that that provide that. And and
0: that that, that brings us very conveniently to the Question of prison officers, because I focused with you so far on prisoners and you've told us a great deal and given us real insight to, you know, prison population over the time that you serve. But switching the focus to prison officers, um, I mean, for those of us who've never served as prison officers, the role and job of a prison officer seems like a really, really tough occupation. Is that how you see it?
1: It is how I see it. I mean, I started off the prison service myself and saw the job as a career and a well-worth career. I mean, the, the the services provided by prison officers is often underrated and under-discussed. But every day, prison officers work with people who have, have disobeyed the law at best. Um, If if you talk about a policeman, for instance, a policeman deals a lot of the time with general public who have done no harm to anyone. Prison officers, every day of their life, are dealing with the people that you look at the news on the television and he says, do not approach this man. You go to work the following day, open the door, and there is that man that you do not approach in front of you. It's a dangerous job, but it's also a highly skilled job. And it's a job for people who have got uh, life skills and can use those life skills within the work environment. You cannot control Her Majesty's Prisons by violence. You have to control it by skills, interpersonal skills and the use of your professionalism.
0: And, and what are the main interpersonal skills that... Um, that, 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 that bring a, a prison officer to his or her maximum potential?
1: Number one, by the way, has got to be uh, humour, a sense of humour, and you need, to, you need to have that. You need to work with that all your work in life. You've got to be able to use humour and use your interpersonal skills with your colleagues, but also with the prison population. The only way to run a prison landing safely is to know the people who are residing on that landing and to be able to talk to them and understand them. So you have to have a good understanding of the culture of the prison, but also the culture of the uh, the environment outside as well. And
0: did you find on the whole that prison officers wanted to get to know and understand the, the psyche of the prisoners who were on their landing? Is that something they, 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 they had motivation to do?
1: It's the only way that the job could be done. You you cannot run a prison remotely. You have to intermingle, interact uh, every moment of your working life with the prison population. It's the only way that you can control the situation, get to know the people and, and run a safe establishment.
0: And what if the prisoner or prisoners were resistant to the prison officers getting to know or understand them? I mean, firstly, that must have been a fairly common state of affairs. And secondly, did that not make, you know, working relations much more difficult?
1: Well, of of course, because the people who are behind our doors don't want to be there. However, most of them understand that prison officers are doing a job of work, that without the prison officer, they'd have a very scant existence indeed. Uh, Most people, believe it or not, just about obey the rules. There are difficult prisoners and there are times, of course, when when the climate changes and people become hostile and prison officers have to do, if you like, the nasty pieces of work as well as the good pieces of work. And when there is unrest within the prison, again, it's prison officers that have to use violent, but properly trained means of, of dealing with those situations. And, and that happens on a very regular basis on every jail in the country.
0: And, and in terms of those incidents where forms of aggression had to be used, obviously, you know, we've all seen on TV documentaries, dramas, you know, they see, they appear to be really quite traumatic episodes. I mean, how do prison officers deal with that? Are they, are, even though this is their job, are those kind of situations traumatic for prison officers?
1: Absolutely, they are. And, and <coughs> the adrenaline runs. The situation generally comes under control quite quickly because the the people who are in charge of a group of prison officers generally are well trained, know the situation, um, and 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 have. Have a situation in place to deal with whatever is occurring. The adrenaline rushes, the situation is dealt with, but then there is some downtime and, and people talk to one another, and it really takes a little bit of coming back down to earth after a situation like that. And these situations do uh, occur fairly regularly in the prisoner state.
0: And how about the effect on other prisoners? I mean, you know when when there are outbursts of violence and aggression and you know scenes of restraint, that kind of thing, I mean that that on the face of it, that must cause unrest for other prisoners as well, does it?
1: Well, it, it does, but you will find that ninety percent of the prisoners who would be in the area of, of, of an incident would, would simply want to get away from it get away probably behind their cell doors and away from the situation. There then there will be a, a curious bunch looking on and there might be two or three who might want to come and, and, uh, and involve themselves in it. Mm. And Prison officers are very much aware of, of all those uh, circumstances and the secret is, is to be disciplined enough to be able to deal with all of those issues uh, professionally and properly and that's what prison officers do.
0: Can I move on and ask you finally, as we approach current difficulties about prison conditions? I mean, we're now all subject to the dreadful problems that coronavirus inflicts upon us, whether in or out of prison, you know, with or without the scourge of coronavirus. What do you have to say generally about prison conditions in this country?
1: Prison conditions in this country have deteriorated over the years, in, in respect of overcrowding. Overcrowding has been quite a scourge within the prison system, and it's overcrowded today. I noticed, for instance, that during the present difficulties that we're having, that there's been an agreement between the uh, Prison Officers' Association and the government regarding the early release of some prisoners. I think it's within when they're within the last two months of their sentences, they'll go out under under tags. Now I don't know the numbers involved, but there has to be some way of trying to lessen the overcrowded within the prison system during this particular emergency. I, I, I would say, first of all, that I'm very, very glad not to be a prison officer during this particularly emergency, it must be quite horrendous working within those establishments.
0: And is that because of overcrowding, lack of resources? Um, what is your primary concern?
1: Well I think they probably will be throwing some resources at it at the moment but my primary concern would be um, social awareness and social distancing almost impossible within the prison setting. I, I also note that, that visits quite rightly, have been stopped to prisoners, which will probably raise the tension within an establishment somewhat. But I think that they'll be compensated by additional phone calls, for instance, to their family. Um, And I'm sure that prison officers will spend maybe an extra two or three minutes talking to a prisoner uh, to try and, and, and reassure and try and keep people um, moving along and not thinking too much about this dreadful situation. So, so,
0: so I mean, based upon your vast experience, you don't sound overconfident that you know the prisons can adequately protect either prisoners or staff against the risk of of, of infection or, or ill health. Well,
1: I think it'd be very very difficult, but but I, I think that the the personal protective equipment has been slow as I understand it in coming into establishments, but I understand that it is now coming in and and I hope that our people are not encouraged to cut corners and that they are being able to protect themselves properly and and, and that they're supported fully by both the government and the people in charge of our establishments.
0: So now that we've reached a stage where, 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 where you know we have coronavirus, where there are horrendous problems confronting us all in and out of prison, but drawing upon your expertise of of, of, of life as a prison officer, I mean, factoring in coronavirus, but just sort of focusing on, on on the reality of the situation, what what would you say are the biggest problems facing the prison service in the immediate future?
1: In the immediate future, I think the biggest problems has been the, um, the de-skilling of the prison officers' role. It seems that they've not been valued, much like people in the NHS haven't been, prison officers haven't been either. The the numbers have been cut, the training has been lacking, and there have been a, an exodus of, of highly skilled and experienced prison officers because of the uh, amount of money it was costing in pensions. They've got rid of highly expedient staff and brought in people, if you like, at the bottom end with not quite so much training. And, And I pity those people coming in. They're brilliant people. They do a brilliant job, but they've not been given the support that they should have. And I would urge whoever is in charge of the prison service in future to take big lessons from this virus and to cut down on the overcrowding with our establishment, give our staff the equipment that they need and the support that they, they ought to have. I also would love to see the prison officer um, given a, a higher reputation within the country than they get at the moment. There's a great deal of lack of recognition for the prison service because it's behind a high wall and nobody sees what goes on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you make a really, really good point there because I suspect that because it all happens, you know, behind high walls, that the focus of attention, that the role prison officers play, um, just it just isn't isn't there. Um, Last of all, um, Tom, can, can I just ask you this? There's been a lot of talk of release of elderly prisoners, um, prisoners who are serving short sentences coming to the end of their sentences in the light of c- c- coronavirus. Um, if you got a call from the Minister of Prisons tomorrow and you were asked based upon your long experience, should the public be worried if 10, 20,000 low-risk prisoners were released? What would your answer be?
1: Well I, I think I would question those numbers of 20,000 but my answer would have to be that people are behind prison walls because they are at a risk of some type they're never there as a first offence they're always there because they're recidivists or whatever but something has to be done to ease the overcrowding within the prison service and I think that for low risk, as you call it, people probably in the last two months of the service could be released under tag. I think that it would be something that would allow our prisons to run in a safer way. It would protect our prison officers. It would protect prisoners, but it's not something that ought to happen lightly. I think it would have to be very carefully put together. I think that probably the risk would be worth taking in order to protect our prisons
0: all right well look tom i'd like to thank you for all the time you've given us in telling us about your journey through the prison service and for allowing us to draw upon your expertise you really you know painted the picture very very clearly um to wish you all the best for the future and and just to say once again thank you ever so
1: much can i say to you thank you because i think it's 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 a rare opportunity to to speak up on behalf of prison officers it's not an opportunity that's given every day i very much appreciate what you're doing i've, I've had a, a bit of a listen to some of the other interviews that you've done and you, you're doing it in a very subjective and fair way and, I, and i'm very glad to be part of it and i hope that the interview that we've had is of use and, and and will be used.
0: Well, thank you very much for those comments, Tom. It, it's most certainly of use. It will be used. And I suspect the public will be really fascinated by your experience. So thank you very much indeed.
1: OK, you take care.
0: Thank you for listening. Join me again next time for another episode of Criminal Justice on Trial. Please don't forget to subscribe. And if you like what you heard, give us a good review. And if you have a story to tell, get in touch. Tweet us at justice underscore on trial.